welcome back to the square. Ooh, do I sound? How's this mic sounding, right, guy? Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Wait, does it sound funny? To you? I don't know. It sounds no. It sounds good. I'm getting used to it. You're you're in a different spot than you usually are. I'm so. I, yeah. I'm in a different spot in the snake pit. And uh, and you know you have all your clothes on today, so you probably sound different. I have all my clothes on today. Yes, you sound different when you're wearing clothes. Yeah. That's what I always say. <laughs> yep. The acoustics um, change. The acoustics change, but I've got the fancy. This is like um, it's like a hollow body versus solid body guitar. Uh, right. This is like a like I feel like I'm like an Edward R. Murrow when I have this mic, or like a Walter Cronkite, <laughs> you know, like serious news mic. Look at this. Yes. This is a very fancy. Thanks to your Patreon funds, we have a brand new mic for Ree. Yes, we we stole all your money and we bought <laughs> new equipment. No, uh, thank you for the fine Patreon folks. Continue to give us money uh, for more microphones so I can sound a little clearer. And also so that we can have good times with great guests like our returning guest. I, I should be I wish I was dressed like Jimmy Hart. You're like, I wish I had like the glasses. And I, yes, the Hokomaniac himself, Randy Hoke, Hamburg Town Supervisor. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Absolutely. Good to be here, guys. We're doing, and of course, it's Rian. Yeah, Diamond Jim. Oh, and Snake. Oh, <laughs> oh, and I'm Snake. Lost. I'm lost in the gears. You're lost in the sauce. <laughs> um, yes, we are here in the Snake Pit. Uh, big day here. Jim, as you alluded to, I, I yes, I'm wearing clothes today, but yesterday I was wearing less clothes. I did the World Naked Bike Ride. Mm -hmm. I rode from, started from Front Park downtown, you know, by the, the border there, and then worked our way to uh, the Big Fountain, in the middle of Gate Circle, which people are going in the water in that fountain. And I got to tell you, I, I heard supposedly it's supposed to be fresh water, supposed to be clean water. I'm not going in that water, Jim. Well, I mean, also, there's signs saying don't go in the water. Well, although I guess, you know, there's also signs in New York saying, like, please don't be naked all the. So I guess, you know, right. yesterday wasn't a day for rules. Right. <laughs> rules, get out of yeah, here. You can't hold me down with your rules. Yes. But no, it was a great time. Uh, friend of the pod, Mickey Harmon, who I, I harassed. He was supposed to be on the pod a while ago. And I told him yesterday, I was like, we got to get you on. But friend of the pod, Mickey Harmon, owner of Pineapple on Allen. Uh, was the organizer of the World Naked Bike Ride here in Buffalo. The cause, not just to be naked, but to uh, reduce fossil fuel usage. Uh, notably, you heard chance of uh, less gas and, and more ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now yeah, a little risque, right? Now, they're... They tried to make some other chants happen. Should that, add touch grass to that chant. Touch grass, it's good. Yeah. They tried. So I heard some people trying to to make um, less cars, more handlebars happen, mm. and I felt like trying to make fetch happen. That's yeah. that you know that wasn't good. That doesn't really roll off the tongue. No. So of course, I had to step in and I had to come up with a real chant: mm -hmm. less coal, more whole. <laughs> oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and that got some traction. But yeah. the point is, you not know, in West Virginia. Not, not <laughs> Joe Manchin would have something to say about that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it was a good time. Uh, shout out to Mickey Harmon, and it was a great after party, too. But enough about the world naked bike ride. We're, we're, we're talking serious stuff today, Jim. Yeah, we got we to gotta chop up the news. We got to chop up the news with Randy Hoke. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're talking first. Let's, let's start in the city of Buffalo, shall yeah. we? We'll, we'll work our way out to Hamburg soon, Randy. But mm -hmm. let's talk about. Um, well, our, our weirdly embattled council president. Yeah, I mean, strangely, yeah. we don't really know what's going on with Darius Pridgen at the moment, do we? Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite the week for him. I mean, it, suddenly there was news that he was being potentially sued under the Adult Survivor Act for uh, sexual assault, and then a couple days later, 
maybe it looks like it's being withdrawn, but you can't talk to the person about it. You have to go talk to their attorney about it. I mean, strange timing. It was it, it happened very quickly. I, I didn't hear any rumors about this ahead of time. Like it's, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Being sued, not being sued. I mean, I, like as soon as, you know, the news story broke, you had people who are like, well, of course, this makes sense why he's not running for reelection. You had other people who were like, you know, this doesn't sound like the Derry Spridge and I know and trying to defend him. I, you know, I was reserving judgment until, you know, we got more information. I don't know that we're going to get any more information now. Yeah. Well, and the initial accusations were so detailed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this person said, you know, I'm a 45-year-old woman. Um, this has been going on for months. Mm-hmm. Many instances of, you know, Reverend Pridgen fondling and, mm-hmm. you know, touching me in inappropriate ways. Um, and then all of a sudden, just complete 180. Mm-hmm. And we're being told now that, no, that never happened and talk to my lawyer. Yeah. So whatever is going on there, not touching with a 10-foot pole at this point, but yeah. uh, I, I hope there's no more weirdness i hope there's no more nothing inappropriate happening to anybody involved yeah. that's all i gotta say about that right like what the hell else are we gonna say yeah i mean yeah I, yeah I don't, I don't i mean i just i hope that everybody is okay and uh, you know and that's involved in this i guess that is as okay as they should be right you know, yeah like you know if they if they're just a if they're a victim i hope that you know they're okay and i, I mean i i don't it's like it's very interesting i don't know that we'll ever get any more of the story yeah there's things that pop up sometimes in the world and just you're not gonna know you're not gonna know what happened never gonna get the full story so mm-hmm. no i know what we do know bridgen's out after this turn yeah he sure is and there's a, a couple people vying to replace him we got we got mitch nowakowski and uh scanlon yeah right sounds, mm-hmm. sounds like those are the, the two leaders in the in the race right now to become council president um obviously so you know there's going to be at least two new members of the council i think where they show up in support in January might make a difference in who becomes council president. You know, as we talked about during the campaign finance, Scanlon notably gave almost all the, the people who won in uh, their primaries this year money. Um, not that you know, their votes are for sale, but you know, supporting somebody early, as I always say, like early money is for access, late money is for good government. Uh, Mitch is just looking for good government at this point. I mean, it'll be interesting to see too, because you know we know that uh, Chris Scanlon stood by the mayor's side mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. You know, he was a good soldier, um, held South Buffalo down. South Buffalo, and it's so funny now that we just assume that South Buffalo throws their lot in with the mayor, with Byron Brown. <laughs> How far have we come that South Buffalo is just a guaranteed check mark for Byron Brown? Uh, but Mitch Nowakowski also, while, yes, yeah, Scanlon gave a lot of money, I mean, you know, Mitch showing up in pictures with the winning candidates and you know he he's a coalition builder and i know that um you know behind the scenes he's certainly trying to forge relationships and would it be interesting to see i said interesting a lot sorry but it, it really will be to see like okay when we see who the council president is and we see you know who votes and and, and look like right now we don't really know much about Zanetta Everhart, mm-hmm. which way she'll throw her lot in. We don't really know about Leah Halton Pope um, politically. I mean, we have some inclinations based on, you know, who they associate with, but we don't really have any firm, are they going to, you know, vote with the mayor's agenda? Are they going to, you know, which way is this going to, are they open for business? Are they saying, right. hey, cater to us, you know, yeah. cater to us? Yeah. I mean, I will say like, it was probably the main difference between uh, Mitch and Scanlon right now is that Mitch has, 
proposed a lot more as a member of the council as far as like different resolutions, not necessarily local laws, but like, you know, amendments to the budget, those types of things, where Scanlon has been more passive in his role as a council member. I would just add my two cents. Nowakowski represents probably the most diverse district in the city of Buffalo, and I don't see anybody outworking him. Yeah. 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 And there's that's, you know, Scanlon comes from a very, from a, a historically very active political family in South Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Mitch was a member of Common Council staff. He, he represents the most diverse district in the city. He has worked with a lot of different uh, city council elected officials across the, the entire city mm-hmm. on a more regular basis than Scanlon and necessarily his family and the faction that he represents have so that would in some cases kind of give a lead towards you know mitch for that although scanlon has over twice as much money as, as mitch has in his campaign account and you can't discount that especially the mitch or scanlon represents south buffalo which famously home to tim kennedy who has more money than god mm-hmm. so you know that is that that also helps yeah, these internecine battles that we see, you know, these are, this is really kind of where the hay gets made mm-hmm. um, on a lot of things that happen in the city. You know, I know the primaries are obviously very important and we covered them and we, you know, continue to encourage participation in them. But like th- this kind of stuff, this is really the battle for what the council's agenda can be for the next few years, you know, I, I mean, and, 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 and longer. And, well, and also where a lot of discretionary funding will end up. We're a lot of discretionary funding. And also, I mean, we'll see what Byron Brown is going to be doing. But Byron is already talking about, what, his sixth term? Uh, what was that little jaunty little chant of something oh, for six? Uh, uh, in the mix for six. In the mix for yeah. six, yes. Oh, I, uh-huh. I, th- I thought it was something about coal and holes. No. <laughs> he would have been a hit at the World Naked Bike Ride. Uh, but look, look, Byron Brown could feasibly just keep fucking running forever, right? Yeah. So who is the council president and what kind of agenda they have is really important. Right. If, if you, if you don't love Byron Brown or you just want somebody that, you know, can be a, an effective counterbalance to Byron Brown doing fucking nothing, then yes, you will, you should be invested in who the next council president is. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the last point that we probably make is that, you know, Scanlon is very close with the mayor has been a very strong supporter. If Scanlon is president, I don't think you'll see the council be as combative with the mayor as you would. Not that I think that, you know, Mitch would outright lead some sort of rebellion against the mayor, but I think that the council would, you know, stuff like the Bray Miller market funding that they're talking about, like where the the council is kind of standing up to the mayor a little bit, that might happen slightly more often uh, based off the the path that we, the history that we've seen with them. Um, You would think it might happen more with Mitch than it would with Chris. For sure. All right. Let's talk about our favorite. Well, he's not our favorite weirdo. We've got a lot of weirdos that we like, guys. Yeah, that's, our favorite weirdo is definitely Nate McMurray. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's that's true. <laughs> and and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the Discord and yeah. the Nate Watch channel, which is the hidden gem. Uh, people the hot channel. People come to talk about politics, but they stay just for the Nate McMurray content. They can't quit it. Yeah. Can't, they can't quit him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be the very last person left on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and, oh, my God. Boy, and his tweets just... But, yeah, when he leaves Twitter, turn off the lights. Yeah. 
Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, no. Uh, well, another one of our <laughs> cast of care, the rogues gallery <laughs> of square pod sickos, uh, of course, is Robbie D. Mm-hmm. Bobby De Niro. Yes. Robbie De Niro, who um, has has pivoted, has pivoted. Earth, erstwhile gym owner. <laughs> well, I, not so much anymore. It's uh, that that is up for sale. Uh-huh. The gym is up for sale. Randy, did you see this? That Robbie is no longer in the, the CrossFit business. Yes, we have. We and we've seen a proliferation of signs for his new venture popping up around the McKinley Parkway corridor and other parts of Hamburg. You know, I'm excited. He's been working up those muscles for a very long time. What's the business called? The Junk Guzzlers? No, no. Junk Guzzlers. That's great. No, you're thinking about the bike ride again. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm getting my wires crossed today. Oh, early. It's like Jay something. J Dog. J Dog. J Dog. Junk. J Dog. Junk. Junk Luggers. Well, Junk Luggers is a different company. Oh. Don't don't J J Dog. Don't impugn the fine reputation of junk luggers. <laughs> yeah. J Dog. Yeah. Okay. J Dog. But yes, uh, in in a in a Facebook post, uh, yeah, Robbie Nero said, you know, J Dog is is up and running, and the yes, the gym is up for sale. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to limit Mr. De Niro's uh, political activities, Jim? I mean, any more than it. I, I, maybe it gives him more free time. Yeah, you know, I think the the junk lugging business, as far as I know, is an erratic schedule. Uh, so it might be tough for him to meet, make town board meetings in those towns where he is not banned from being in the town hall. Uh, it might be more difficult for him to make them because he's going to have an erratic schedule now. He can't plan around uh, his municipal activities. But I mean, I don't know. Human garbage taking out physical garbage. I guess that seems fi- fair. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if Robbie's gonna still be doing Robbie thing. It feels like he's kind of like trailed off a little bit. But then whenever I think that, whenever I think he's like kind of crawled back in his little troll hole, he just pops right back out. And mm-hmm. It's like oh, yeah, six more weeks of winter. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, give it up for for J Dogs. We're not gonna get up for it. we're we're Jim. We're traveling up and down Route yeah. Five here. We're going back to the city. Oh yeah, we're going back to the city. We're talking about. The budget. Yeah. So enlighten us. Randy, you, you are, in fact, a, a, a public official here in, in Western New York. Uh, the federal government uh, gave lots of money to the different municipalities, no? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, for a variety of different reasons. We're talking like infrastructure. We're talking, you know, a lot of discretion tied to that. Um, but the city of Buffalo, what, what was it like? 10 million? Am I, am no, I, it was much more than that. The city of Buffalo got way more than that. I mean, you're, in Hamburg, you guys got like 11 million, right? We got 11 and a half, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the city of Buffalo was you know, in hundreds of millions. Okay. So, off. well, anyway, the city of Buffalo gets a, a lot of money, just like many other municipalities throughout Western New York and, of course, the United States. Um, and what did they decide to do with the gym? Well, that, I mean, this is not the only thing they've decided. They, they have done some stuff, but you know, they've been trying to figure it out like you know we talked with jeff about this a couple months ago jeff kelly how you know there's a lot of things that the city could do with it and they kind of were fighting with each other uh the council especially versus the mayor's office as to how to spend the money uh turns out you know as we're seeing very publicly the mayor's office wants to use a lot of it to plug holes in the budget uh you know i mentioned you know off 
uh, before we recorded, it's very reminiscent of the Giambra uh, tobacco settlement money in the you know, late 90s, early 2000s, where the, the county had this one-time influx of a lot of cash. And actually, they were supposed to be getting it annually, and they they sold basically they went to like JG Wentworth <laughs> and they're like yes, yes. And, it's and, my money right and, uh, and so they could plug a hole, holes in the budget for a couple of years and then famously it fell apart during the red green budget issue in two thousand three or two thousand four yeah. um, where the 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 county had a hundred twenty million dollar budget gap and they're talking about like eliminating road patrols and they end up closing some libraries so the city looks like they're doing something very similar, which is a very dangerous thing to do uh, to recurring expenses plug with one-time infusions of cash. You're not supposed to do that. You know, it's so, or you shouldn't do that. I mean, not supposed to, I guess, a, a little bit more judgmental, but you shouldn't do that if you want to have consistent, safe public budgeting. Like, this is a way where the mayor doesn't get to run for mayor forever because it eventually falls apart. You're not going to continue. We're not going to get a pandemic every three years, so Joe Biden's not going to hand out billions of dollars to municipalities across the country every three years. So I can understand, and you're seeing some reticence from the Common Council, at least some of the members of the Common Council, to do this because you can't rely on annual expenses, recurring expenses, and having one-time infusions of cash to, to pay for them. And, you know, so it, it, and this money generally was intended for kind of like one-time outlays, whether it was a capital improvement, whether yeah. it was like a, a, a short-term programming, um, stuff like that to kind of to bolster your budgeting, especially for shortfalls that you may have had because of the pandemic. The ARPA funding is a it, is a great opportunity for local municipalities, but Jim, as you mentioned, it, it can be dangerous for the reasons that you mentioned, as well as local municipalities that are looking to uh, build infrastructure, new infrastructure, without regard for, for future costs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you really have to be careful. The What the city's doing, I believe, is, is allowable mm -hmm. under mm -hmm. a um, ARPA, under the final rule. For ARPA, they issued uh, some form of like a standard deduction where you could use a certain amount of your ARPA funding for general government expenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's there's nothing that the federal government's not going to come to the city of Buffalo and say, you owe us this money. Like you, you, you weren't you use it for the wrong stuff, which has happened to the city of Buffalo for various levels of funding for different federal programming. Uh, no, most notably HUD not that long ago, uh, not that long ago, less than a decade, uh, where some of the money had to be returned to the federal government because they were misusing it. This is certainly allowable. It's just, this is how you get a hard control board again. So here's here's some of the things. So I, I, I pulled it up, and, and thanks to Twitter user Abaku Shiakushu, if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, for the posting on Twitter the memo um, mm -hmm. from the city. But the ARPA, or the uh, American Rescue Plan funds, um, what the city of Buffalo is doing, not with all of it, but here's where they're moving some of the money. Here are some of the big ticket items. Public Health Equity Initiative. They're moving $7 million, about uh, $7,300,000 from that. Um, wraparound Services Support for Job Training Program enrollees are taking $14 million and some change from that. Um, Neighborhood Improvement Corps, which they also have listed as the Cleanup Corps, $8 million has been taken from that. And then Community Center Renovations, Ten million smart sewer uh, is moving fourteen million. So I mean, these are 
like you said, Jim, these are like, these are big infrastructure things that the American Rescue Plan was designed for cities throughout the country to address these issues. Where are they moving the vast majority of that money uh, to the tune of almost 60,000 or 60 million, excuse me, to revenue loss replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, basically, they're just kind of backfilling what they're saying. You know, eh, we lost a bunch of money. Eh, let's plug the hole with mm-hmm. Biden bucks. Those projects that you mentioned are projects that could save the community's money down the road. Right. When you put money into smarter and more efficient infrastructure, uh, better sewer lines, that's going to be a savings down the road. And for sure. And it's, I mean, it's not like we aren't talking about the, the lead in our water here, Jim. Right. Well, but, but like, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the sewer authority and the city of Buffalo, you know, we know that you know, some of the sewer lines in the city of Buffalo are, Hundreds of years old. They're actually like like the old giant logs that they hollowed out mm-hmm. uh, to transport water. And the, the city famously has a gray water system where, you know, on when we have a lot of rain or a lot of snow melts, uh, where water gets just drained into Lake Erie. Uh, so like it impacts not just the city of Buffalo, but it works its way down to Hamburg mm-hmm. and to, you know Woodlawn Beach and and the waterfront and the, especially the the south towns. Uh, you know, so Hamburg, Evans, Angola, that's, you know, everything runs down to even to Dunkirk from the city, from the Greywater system. So it would make an impact not just on city of Buffalo residents um, or just people in the city of Buffalo proper, but to a lot of the, the suburban areas and rural areas. But, yeah, and, and, you know, clean streets, cleaning, you know, like look how much investment has happened in, say, Niagara or along Seneca Street in South Buffalo when they did street rescaping and they cleaned up those areas quite a bit and a lot of private investment has followed. And, you know, I I believe like some of the initial like plan was to invest some of that money along like the Bailey and Fillmore districts in the east side of Buffalo, which I know has been neglected for, I don't know, what, 60 years? Thereabouts. And so, again, could have helped drive some private investment, which again, like you said, Randy would long-term help both the health of the city of Buffalo, save money for residents, and probably increase the tax mm-hmm. base. And instead, uh, we're just going to use it for one-time revenue replacement. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's about what you'd expect from the Byron Brown administration at this point. But it, it just, I mean, it is hilariously disheartening to me that, you know, $60 million, just, oh, let's plug the holes. Instead of, like, thinking about the future and addressing the problems that we have now, it's just, no, oh, all right. Well, and again, you know, like bringing back the comparison to the Giambra budgeting in the county in the late 90s or 2000s with that tobacco settlement money, it was the same thing. You know, we have seen the mayor in all of his different times running for office. At, to say he's been reluctant to raise taxes or fees in the city of Buffalo is kind of an understatement. Giambro, when he was running for county executive, the exact same thing, didn't want to raise any taxes, wanted to make sure that he could actually cut taxes as much as possible because that sells to voters, especially, you know, especially in more conservative areas. And, you know, when, you know, the mayor not at, doesn't have his, he's not have to, doesn't have to run for election in Clarence like Giambra did. Um, but, you know, it still plays pretty well, uh, public opinion to, to cut taxes and, or to hold the line and, now we're seeing that, you know, okay, well, after 20 years of either cutting taxes or not raising taxes, I don't know, expenses go up. I don't, it has, I don't know if anybody noticed, but inflation's kind of, you know, gone, you know, a little crazy the last couple of years, and there's been a lot more expenses. Now, the city of Buffalo has increased revenue just because the city of Buffalo's become a more 
desirable place to live. So assessments have gone up. So that was, and, and, and not just assessments because again, you know, we, we, you can go back to our episode we had with Brian Nock where like, well, total assessed value and you know, you're, you're the tax you're, levy. And all right. That. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, one of the things I think the you, tax lawyers even fall asleep with yeah. that stuff. But one of the things where you, where you do get more money it, in a municipality is ta- sales taxes when properties go for sale. And uh, you know, it, in the early 2000s, famously, the, the city of Washington, D.C. had like a $1 billion surplus because when property went burr in D.C., <laughs> they just, they had, like, they, people were paying so much money for property and it was selling so fast that they couldn't spend it at all. That is no longer the case in D.C. And it <laughs> never was the case in Buffalo, but it, they did have some increased revenue there. What happened that they, they have to plug a budget hole with $60 million? Yeah, and it's it's going to catch up if yeah. you look at at the Giambra situation and those hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but the political fallout. From oh that yeah, mismanagement. We got an entirely new class of county legislators. It brought about the rise of Satish Mohan, mm-hmm. Mary Travers Murphy, and Steve Walters in Hamburg. It was a game changer in the local political landscape. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, and you know, Joel Giambra is still like box office poison twenty years later. Yes. I mean, people still don't want to be associated with him 20 years after the fact. Well, I, I got to tell you, Jim, you know, this, this kind of financial malfeasance, it just wouldn't have happened under a Mickey Kearns <laughs> administration as mayor. I'll tell you that right now. You know, instead of, instead of 60 million, it would be 120 million <laughs> and, and, and half it would not be accounted for. <laughs> yes, we are talking, of course, about uh, Michael P. Mickey Kearns. Our embattled county clerk. Um, yes, we, we talked about this a bit last week, but it's starting to heat up on, on Mr. Kearns, I would say, Jim. Yeah, I mean, well, and the Buffalo News isn't letting it go as maybe as quickly as he would have hoped. No, in fact, uh, publishing a story that, you know, the Mick is looking for more staff. <laughs> and he's looking, he, he's looking for more oversight of the money, more staff to help him with the, the oversight. Of it's it's, it's quite, a, quite a different tune from him from two months ago where he said we don't need any oversight of the clerk's office or of to check and see what we're doing we're an independent office we're doing everything fine and now he's like maybe fine is a subjective turn Ninety thousand missing are unaccounted for in two months yeah two forty five thousand a month yeah that'd be a pretty you know last week i said that might be somebody's salary but Jesus, if that was a salary, holy moly. I, I mean, I hope it's Josh Allen for that money. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a decent wide receiver, too. <laughs> you know, Gabe Davis isn't cutting it, but maybe yeah. Mickey Kearns is funding right, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, is Tage Thompson working at the kind of clerk's office now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, and we were talking before the show, Jim, and we, we talked a little bit last week, but it just... It's so funny. We know who Mickey Kearns is. He is a Democrat in name only, you know, the classic dino. We don't, they don't even use Rhino anymore, do they? Uh, not in the city. I mean, I think if you go out to the, the suburbs, if you're out in Lancaster, they definitely call people Rhinos. You know, they used to call them Blue Dog Democrats or whatever mm-hmm. parlance you have. But you know what Mickey Kearns is. He is a Democrat when he runs on the ticket and he won Democratic primary, or he lost the Democratic primary. No, he got, I'm sorry, he got he got crushed. He got crushed the Democratic <laughs> primary, but he did win. Um, he he won the Republican line, so he he he's a Democrat. He still self identifies. But if there were any other Democrat out there that was exhibiting 
the kind of behaviors that Mr. Kearns has demonstrated on the county level with the fucking money, with the money, missing money. This is like the thing. The Republicans are like, oh, Democrats, tax and spend Democrats will lose all your money. And Mickey Kearns is right there for the picking. And they're, they're very quiet about this, Jim. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very quiet, oddly quiet about I this. I mean, and it's, it's one thing for you know, Frank Todaro or John Mills, who don't really have races this year as Republican county legislators to not bring it up. You know, but you know, we talk about like Batera and that very tight district in like the South Buffalo, Hamburg, Blaisdell area, or um, I can't remember, but you have uh, you've got somebody running up in the uh, the Kenmore district, the um, the Kenmore North Buffalo district, trying to switch to flip that seat, or on the Chrissy Casilio. Uh, Chrissy Kaboom, Chrissy Kaboom, Chrissy Kaboom, um, running for county executive. You would think that these are like, all right, well, this this is an indication that you know, Democrats can't be trusted to run government. Look at how you know, the malfeasance. But because Mickey is their person, they're not criticizing him. I I cannot imagine like they would they would have broken their hip to get to the uh, podium trying to run there so fast if this had happened in the executive branch under polling cars. Oh yeah. You oh know? my God. Yeah, or if 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 the same thing if if Hartman had won the the general election, and this happened under Missy, they all over it, you know. It, but that it, it if this happened in the controller's office under Hardwick or you know Poland cars where he was controller or at Hochul when she was clerk, people would have gone they would have gone nuts to to criticize, and nothing, just just well you know, you know anything can happen when you know between friends can't you know instead of criticizing mickey for missing ninety thousand dollars like you know can't we help a fellow american who's down on his luck <laughs> that's our mick that's our little guy mm. just losing money left and right uh yeah no and i mean if you are okay so obviously the insider republicans get it but imagine if you will you are just like a rank and file you know i don't know republican I, i'll 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 refrain from other words I could have put in there. But let's just say you're like, all right, I'm a Republican voter. Um, you know, whatever. This is my values, yada, yada. And you see this guy who is a Democrat and you see your party just completely stand down on him. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Like, you you, you got to be upset, right? And again, I know we're, I know the Republican Party let Mike Crocker inherit uh, this mess. Not Well, not really let him. It was more like a bloodbath. Mm-hmm to get the current seat that he has, but he's got a long leash right now, knowing that, you know, the Republican party here in Western New York is in, let's be honest, almost complete disarray. Um, well, I mean, barring a few enclaves, right? I mean, they, they have no money. They spend all their money basically to get Langworthy into Congress. And yeah, that I mean, you know, there, there's Republican factions that unlike you know, the Republican party in basically most of the United States, but especially in Erie County is not used to having civil war. You know, I mean, maybe in the late nineties, early two thousands, there's a little bit between like Bob Davis, Ralph Moore, but for the most part, you know, they kind of fall in line and they are not falling in line anymore. I mean, they are having, especially in their, their strongholds, you know, there's nobody is fighting to become the Republican chairperson in the city of Buffalo. They don't care or Lackawanna. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, doesn't matter, but you know, Elma, Lancaster, you know, those, the eastern suburbs, southern, and the southern suburbs a lot, um, they are fighting with each other to have control of their little fiefdoms. Right. I think if, if it was easier to get people excited about the clerk's office, mm-hmm. uh, Missy Hartman would have been elected. Clerk. Yeah. 
Um, but that's not the case. And when you have that lack of excitement, that lack of accountability, who is he accountable to? Right. Um, yeah, it's it's bad bad news. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we talked about it when we had Missy on. Like, most people have no idea what the the clerk's office does. You know, like hey, that's where I get my gun permit, and like you know, my sixteen year old takes their you know their license test. Uh, that's about it. You know, maybe I look up real estate if you know I work for an attorney. You know, but most people don't know what the clerk's office. I mean, they have a better idea than what the controller's office does. But I mean, you know, that's soft bigotry of low expectations there. <laughs> yeah, I again, I'm just fascinated, and I, at some point, I would think that they would, you know, the worm will turn on on Michael P. Yeah, I I I I'm really surprised that, especially because you know the. County Ledge just last week had their last session before summer break that none of the Republican legislators spent any, not even a minute or two grandstanding about this, just trying to get some press for themselves and stand out a little bit as, because, you know, unless you really pay attention to local politics, nobody knows who any of the Republican legislators are. Very few people know who any of the county legislators are. Realistically, it's not the easiest office to get a lot of attention, but this was an This would be an, an easy opportunity to something that the Buffalo News is already covering. So they have like there's a chance that they'll actually give your quote in the paper and give you some coverage, and just did nothing, absolutely nothing with it. Yeah, I mean to be fair, also as antagonistic as Mickey has been towards the Democratic Party, really surprised that none of the Democratic county legislators also didn't grandstand a little bit about it. I mean, this, it, it could have just been like an hour bitch fest Thursday at the county ledge from like all you know, 11 members complaining about Mickey Kearns and they didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a different tone down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've had previous legislators who were much more uh, believers in, in rhetoric for yeah. rhetoric's sake. Um, and, you know, I mean, my experience, I'm a Democrat. Is is with the Democrats? They're they're more focused on on, yeah, on getting stuff done. However, <laughs> this is an opportunity, right? Well, and like I said, some of them are going to be in very close races this year. You know, yeah. if you're Gilmore or Kahujian, uh, I think I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Uh, Michael Kahujian, like potentially Kahujian, yeah, yeah. Uh, fairly, you know, especially Gilmore, like probably close races where you know, like you you want a, a little bit of sway and, and get some votes. It's it's a tougher spot for Gilmore because even no matter what Mickey does, he's still popular in South Buffalo no matter what. The Teflon yeah. Mick, yeah, yeah, Sick and Mick. and and Gilmore caught a, a nice break in that his his district is is a little bit more friendly, mm-hmm. um, but there's also that connection with the conservative party yeah. that that Mickey wields and and has been helpful to to proliferate his career as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, more more to come, and and surely. If I was a, a, a betting man, Jim, more money to be found that is unaccounted for. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, let, let's move on from talking about incompetent government officials to talking uh, about a very confident, uh, confident and competent government official. Of course, I'm talking again about our guest, Randy Hoke, joining us one year, right? Has it been about a year almost? Just about, yeah. Just about a year into your time as the Hamburg town supervisor. And so... I know, you know, you uh, come from that lineage. You're, you're, you weren't unfamiliar with the role, even as you're running for it, but you're the man. You're the guy in the big seat. Your name is on the stuff, <laughs> the, the, the posters or whatever. You're, you are the Hamburg Town Supervisor. It's been a year. Talk to us. How has it been being the guy? 
Yeah, so it's been it's been a, a little bit over a year and a half now. I think it was a year since I I was last in the snake pit. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, and uh, it's been great. I mean, I would say you know they say everybody has a honeymoon. I would say my my honeymoon is over, and people uh, have have really let their hair down, and and I've gotten to know the residents of of Hamburg, um, their concerns, what's going on. But I think that uh, overall, in the past year and a half, we've made a big difference in Hamburg. Yeah, and I, I would say that's uh, true just from my experience and what I've observed. Um, and it's funny you mentioned you know the honeymoon's over, and uh, you know there is always in every district and every you know municipality, there's always going to be people that are just antagonistic. There's going to be folks who don't like you. It's a power struggle. We get it. They might they might like you personally even, but they just don't like what you represent or that you are a threat to their power or yada, yada. Uh, you've recently had some... Uh, how, how high profile can we say for this, Jim? Is it high profile? I mean... High enough profile? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, was, it wasn't unheard of. Wasn't unheard... People heard about this. Talk to us a little bit about the flag raising. Yeah, so we had a little bit of controversy out in Hamburg uh, at the beginning of beginning of June uh, last year. We we raised the pride flag for the first time in Hamburg's history, and we had a great ceremony. And it uh, we received one complaint last year, and that was about it. This year uh, was a little bit of a different situation, so uh, it was interesting. Last year, when we took the pride flag down, the POW flag made an appearance. I'm not sure where, why, or how, but I certainly didn't have a problem with it. But that went up. Uh, later in the year, we took down the uh, POW flag in November um, to raise the Haudenosaunee flag mm-hmm. um, for Native American Month. And uh, again, not a word, not a complaint. Uh, gearing up for this pride celebration, um, I started to hear some some complaints. I was approached by the commander at the at the Legion post who told me that he doesn't believe the pride flag belongs on the same pole as the American flag. And uh, at that point, he didn't have any concern about the POW flag. And when I pressed him on that issue, he said he believes the pole that the American flag flies on should be reserved for Americanism only. And that struck me. That struck me as, you know, as, as his contention that the pride flag is un-American. Um, so that led to a, a lot of controversy. You know, what's, what's, what's different now is that, you know, there's different opinions in, in every community. Uh, but these differing opinions were able to bring a circus to town. Mm-hmm. The circus that's led by Nick and Nancy or mm-hmm. So they came to Hamburg, inflamed the local debate and uh, really tried to turn this issue into more than it was. Um, certainly raised uh, raised the profile of Hamburg for for a brief time. Um, however, um, once we were able to get our side out there, the issue quickly faded. Yeah, well, and Hamburg is unique among the local local municipalities in Neary County, where. There is obviously people know the, the the large Pride Fest in the city of Buffalo, but Hamburg has its own Pride Fest, which most of the municipalities or almost all the suburbs I can think of in Erie County don't have their own. Yeah, so uh, our community uh, in the pandemic, we took advantage of people having time, and um, 
in, I believe it was uh, 2021, was the very first Pride celebration in Hamburg. And it was, a, it was a great success, and they've gotten better every year. In addition to Pride in the Park, uh, which takes place in Hamburg, we have a, a Pride ride that, that I lead, um, just a short bike ride. Everybody has clothes on, um, <laughs> but a short bike ride. Through oh, the Ree won't be Hamburg. there then. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Nor will, the, close for this oh, one. nor will the mayor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've come a long way and, and what really meant a lot to me this year, um, as I enjoyed the pride celebration in the village of Hamburg, people approached me as supervisor and said, I moved here because of what you guys are doing in Hamburg. Yeah. And that's awesome. And you know, the fact that we, we've talked about it at length on the show, Jim, just the fact that politicization of pride and how it's been used to be this culture wedge targeting you know our lgbtq community reasonable people normal pe- I, I hate to use the word normal but i really think there is like a a core of people nixon silent majority of right. people who are like yes gay trans people are our neighbors are our friends we want to have a welcoming and loving community and you know the really loud and obnoxious orticellis of the world uh, are very much in the minority. Yeah, I, well, it's it's one of these things where, like, you know, at the national level, they kind of say, like, "Wow, Republicans have moved so far right, and Democrats have moved so far left," which I disagree with. I think that you know, over the last like forty years, Democrats have also moved fairly far right if you compare it where Democratic, are, especially like economic concerns, from like the seventies and eighties when you know, uh, unions were much more popular and supported, and tax levels and that stuff, but. Republicans like to say, well, the reason why you could, oh, Democrats have moved so far left is because they do stuff like, I don't know, support human rights for uh, our the queer community and, and support individual rights for that stuff. And like, I don't, first of all, I don't view that as being very far left. I think, oh, oh I support individual rights. Uh, wasn't that something that this country was sort of supposedly based on? Um, you know, and, and not that we haven't had lots of missteps throughout the, the history of the country, but like, you know, trying to get better about it, hopefully. Um, and yeah, I mean, to, to show that, you know, we can support our, our friends, our relatives, our neighbors, um, for, you know, simply being who they are. Right. That doesn't seem like too much of an ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know we, uh, you know, we make the Hokomania jokes around here, Andy, but it got a little WWE. It got a little, <laughs> a, li- a little, little fisticuffs. Um, I, I assume the gentleman who, you know, li- laid his hands on you received a big boot and a leg drop after, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the body slam <laughs> you tore your shirt off <laughs> you know i think this it's it's an opportunity to talk about how how do we approach government and yeah. and so we have a situation here where a group of of residents approached their government formed the hamburg coalition for equity inclusion and then lobbied their government to have a pride flag raising and, and we've done that for a couple of years and then we have a group that approached that ceremony with their camera phone rolling as uh, council member Hoke was doing a media interview using vulgarity and profanity to characterize the celebration, interrupting that media interview. And then eventually the, uh, the, the male uh, counter protester, if you will. Um, yeah. He, he gave me a shove. And as I got between him and, and somebody that was there for the, for the ceremony, um, it's disappointing. Um, you know, I had uh, shortly after after that. So, so I called the police, and the police charged this guy with with harassment. And at that point, I had a had a decision to make. You know, um, do I want to keep these charges or, or drop them? I I decided for the betterment of the community, let's drop these charges and 
and move on. And, and I informed the, uh, the district attorney's office about that, and they, they dropped the charges. Uh, a couple weeks later, uh, Mr. Flynn seized on the opportunity to announce that, that he was dropping the charges. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what, what all that was about, <laughs> but he, he got a couple interviews out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we were able to move on as, as a community. And, you know, that brought a lot of those folks to our town board meeting. We have more people at our town board meetings in the past two or three months than, um, than, than we've ever had. Um, I took that as an opportunity to talk about mm-hmm. Americanism. What, what exactly do you mean by that? Um, and it led me to do some, some research on the topic. And the American Legion has, has defined Americanism. And the reason that they did that in 1923, there were so many of the veterans that uh, were, were recent immigrants to the United States, and, and many of them could, could barely even speak English. They were unaware of our customs and traditions at the time. So they defined Americanism for the benefit of, of those veterans. Uh, and he evolved over the last century to doing, uh, supporting baseball and youth sports programs and other things. So to make a long story short, in all my research on Americanism, I saw nothing that would preclude the presence of the pride flag flying on the same pole as the American flag. Well, and the other thing, because I, I was, I, I got, I was looking at different percentages of the American populace for different groups um, because I got upset about a next door post, but because I'm a, a boomer, um, <laughs> but uh, so. Uh, Jim will be sharing Facebook memes <laughs> with minions in them soon. But so the percentage of Americans who identify as part of the Q commu- uh, queer community, the LGBTQIA community, it, overall is actually higher than the percentage of Americans who either currently or have served in the military that are living in the country at this time. It's, mm. it, the the percentage of Americans who currently have or, or ever served is like five percent of the entire population. And and the queer community is is higher than that, um, so like you know, if you're talking about like who is uh, who actually represents America, while they're both in minorities, um, the, the queer community is it is a much larger percentage of the the country than uh, than the current or a, you know, active or former military, and, and we don't we wouldn't ever say like well we shouldn't think about them they're just they're such a small minority that we should just ignore them plus plus. And you could say either clear-eyed or cold-hearted uh, capitalist in our little society here. But look, the fact of the matter is this. If you are a municipality like Hamburg and you are growing and you are saying we are welcoming, we are inclusive, we want people to come to our community, we want dollars to come to our community, we are not going to uh, you know, shut out a, a large population of our neighbors and friends here. Um, we are welcoming you to our community here. And, you know, I know that we have these like crazy culture divides um, that, that play out. And again, it's just to me, most reasonable people say, okay, you know, I have a, a brother, sister, cousin, aunt, uncle, who's a member of the LGBTQ community. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel safe and have a place in our society and in our home. And also, you know, you're talking about just a town level. You're talking about you know, an overall municipality. And it's like, we want to make sure that, you know, if, if there's somebody who's gay, who owns a business, that they feel comfortable, that they feel safe, that they're, you know, that their livelihood can be taken care of, that they don't have to worry about harassment um, from these yahoos. Well, and also that, you know, 
the kids in our community who yes. you know, maybe you know, may identify that way feel safe in their community, feel that they're supported in their community. And, you know, to your point, like multinational corporations, like every June we see like, you know, Coca-Cola changes it to a rainbow flag. They don't do that because they have a long history of activism. They do it because they have thousands of marketers who are like the majority of people in this country support this. This is how you'll make more money, right? Like that, that is why like Exxon has like a rainbow flag. It is not because oil companies love being progressive. Yeah. Yeah, I was last week. Somebody told me that I have to get unwoke and stop worrying about less than one percent of the population. And it was interesting because this was a gathering of about forty-five people, and there was a, a woman who who spoke at this event and identified. This was not an LGBTQ event, um, and she identified. And there were several in the crowd. I mean, just by by looking around, uh, you can see that this is certainly more than one percent of the population. But Jim. It's the kids. Yes. I mean, there's kids that are, they may live in a community that is welcoming, but they may not live in a home that mm -hmm. is welcoming, accepting, affirming. They may not worship in a church that is welcoming, accepting, or affirming. That's why we do this, this pride ride. Yeah, It's maybe 60 people on a bike, but we're riding by houses where we know there's kids who, who may be hearing something at home that... Uh, that doesn't give them the freedom to live the, the way that they are meant to live, but they see that there's people out there that are doing it. And, yeah. and our hope is that it, it gives them hope. Yeah. I, I would, I would love when people say, Oh, th th that we shouldn't care about people who are like 1% of the population. Like, all right, well great. Cause like in the United States, roughly 1% of the population is law enforcement. So <laughs> let's, let's not care about them. Take your blue lives matter flag down. If that's how you feel about things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, Shout out to you, Randy. Shout out to Hamburg um, for being with it and, you know, for, for really being mindful of, you know, some of the most vulnerable members of your community as well. Um, and also shout out to Hamburg. You knew it was coming, folks. Yeah. We, long time, this is the real reason we invited Randy on, Jim, yeah. is yeah. because we, we got to hand it to him. We, we bow down. Yeah. We've been on our, our, on our high horse about this for so long, Jim, and, and the gosh darn water tower yep. the hamburger water tower yep. randy you done and did it yeah so we're, we're not there yet but we're we're getting closer yeah and uh it's been an interesting topic of conversation throughout the community for going on 30 years in hamburg um while the conversation was perhaps dormant for a while uh in the past few years there's been a group that has really stepped up uh and raised uh, the visibility of the project and they've gotten serious about some fundraising and reaching out to the town board so i'm optimistic that we're going to be able to make it happen uh, it's going to take some time and i mean very simply we have to do something with the water tower regardless mm -hmm. it's an eyesore it's prominently placed uh in right along the the i-90 mm -hmm. um we need to do something and right now we're looking at uh, kenmore just took a water tower yeah down. Yep. yep it was over a million bucks to take that down yeah you know so the, what we're looking at it would be probably about half the cost right is there any chance you'll put up a, a second competing impossible water tower <laughs> <laughs> well there's there's a couple of water towers in the village of hamburg that you can talk to the mayor of the village i like it though well you can um, you know you can certainly uh, look at hopefully we can look at the the water tower in hamburg and get the munchies from it and then you know cuz hopefully there are some dispensaries perhaps in the future of Hamburg, potentially, 
Just, yeah. I, I, we're, you know, we're in the, the world of licenses here in New York. We have our first uh, license shop in Buffalo. Two. So first two. two. I'm yeah, sorry. Dang. Is the other one in Buffalo? Uh, yeah. The other, well, no, the other one is in like Chictawaga, uh, Transit Road area. Right? Okay. The, yes. Uh, right, right. You know, Dank, Dank was supposed to be the second one to open and then push their opening up a couple of days because they were in a competition to see who could open faster. Yeah. But yeah, the other one is out on Transit Road, like Chictawaga, Depew area. But it, it's happening, right? It's it is. It's time. It is. I was I was pretty excited when I saw one of the candidates for town board this year uh, started his Instagram page, and it's Dank for Town Council. <laughs> but then I realized it's Dan K. Oh. <laughs> so my hopes were dashed. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we've gotten some inquiries from from some businesses, some local folks, some out of state folks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some dispensaries in in the town of Hamburg uh, by by the end of the year. Yeah, it it really is fascinating to see like the the business growth in Hamburg, and you know just like I don't know the population shift and change. I mean, Hamburg really is turning into kind of like a, a jewel of the area uh, here yeah. in Western New York. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because you're here. I honestly, I went to the Grange uh, a couple weeks ago for dinner and just being I, you know I passed through Hamburg now and again, but I'm really, it's really coming along and I'm really more and more impressed with the area. Yeah. I really have to give a lot of credit to the leadership in the village of Hamburg uh, for really getting a lot of that started. They got serious about taking a look at their built environment, looking at pedestrian safety, making the village a destination and people like Laura Hackathorn, who's been on the village board out there for over 20 years. um, They made it happen. They, they made it work. The town has learned a lot of lessons from what the village has done. Uh, and we're starting to get serious about pedestrian safety and bringing more walkability and bicycle infrastructure, multimodal connections to our communities. Surprise you went to the Grange and not Batera's while you were down in the, the village of Hamburg. You know, uh, yeah, Batera's fi- fine establishment. I, I can't really account for the owner, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, frequent, uh, looks like somebody who's going to probably be a frequent political candidate, huh, Randy? Yeah, it looks it looks that way. Um, he's he's talked about running before. He's pulling the trigger here. Uh, he's recently threatened to uh, run against me um, when I run for re-election in 2025. So I'm not sure how confident he is about his chances this fall. But yeah. uh, certainly an interesting character. So There certainly are plenty of those around here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Pateras, for those who are, aren't familiar, it, it is right in the village of Hamburg. And they... You probably most famously recently uh, during the pandemic had a sign that they did not discriminate against those who chose to not wear masks. It's awfully gregarious of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> speaking about helping fellow American down on their luck. Yes. Yes. Well, what else is going on, Randy? Any, anything we're missing um, about Hamburg? Cause I don't want to overlook anything about, uh, you know, our lovely little hamburger what? water tower. Yeah, because well, Hamburg, I don't know that necessarily people recognize or understand like just how geographically diverse Hamburg is, right? You know, from the waterfront and, you know, f- you know, you know, with Blaisdell and, and Wanaka, uh, you know, to like the Eden border and then the village, you know, Hamburg is, you know, it's, it is not as homogenous as a lot of the other towns in your no. county. No. And that's, that's been, um, that's the balance we're trying to strike. We have uh, an industrial past mm-hmm. in Hamburg um, that before our, our residential 
uh, presence really started to boom. Uh, we had the industry from Bethlehem Steel, the Ford plant, mm-hmm. um, but we have a lot of agricultural presence as well. Um, so it's it's interesting. We have uh, we're we're we just passed a new comprehensive plan, which I think is a solid plan. But the the previous plan it needed a lot of work. It put us in some tough positions. The community right now is faced with uh, a decision around an asphalt plant mm-hmm. just outside the village of Hamburg within town limits. Um, so that's that's been quite controversial uh, and has taken up a lot of the the time and, and capacity of of not only uh, town officials but but residents and mm-hmm. residents advocacy groups as well. Well, and if you know, we recently had somebody from the Clean Air, Air Coalition on. If there's anything they could tell us, is that asphalt plants are great for local health. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> great for breathability. Yeah, right all, all around good. Yeah. Yeah. Up there with plastic uh, plants, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this is a tough, I mean, it's it's right near a long-term care facility, middle yeah. school, high school, mm-hmm. uh, thousands of rooftops. Yeah, it's, it's certainly... Um, I'm having a hard time seeing where, where they can make a, a case that this is a positive for, for the community. But we'll wait and see what the planning board has to say. Until then, mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned. But um, yeah, Randy Hoke, thank you so much for joining us here at the Square in the Snake Pit. We'll, uh, we'll soon get a, uh, we, we've been joking about like the subway, card, you know, like the, the, the free sandwich cards for years, Jim. But. Yeah. We'll, we'll maybe find we'll find a, a t-shirt we got to do two t-shirts. more times we'll get a velvet jacket made right yeah the, the five timers club like uh <laughs> saturday night live nice <laughs> yeah, we'll just have we'll have uh yeah, we'll just have a bunch of smoking jackets hang up like you and jeff kelly and brian nowak and rusty weaver can all have uh harper bishop bojack bojack yeah i was able to meet oh. mr weaver for the first time oh yeah uh, rusty yeah, yeah. yeah i joined assemblyman rivera for a press conference regarding the the amazon mm-hmm. uh, warehouse in hamburg which Remains empty. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, what are you doing? Get your act together. Yeah. Well, well, it was. It's always great to be in the Snake Pit, guys. Yeah. Um, love hanging out with you. Love talking. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. We'll have you back once we actually get a. I, I know we're very close, but we'll have you back when we have the actual hamburger up there, huh? Yeah. All right, <laughs> sounds good. All right, thanks, Randy. Thank you, guys.